The Spanish Announce Table. You have found Pro Wrestling's best podcast. It is Tim and Tom here of the Spanish Announce Table. Um, man, it's been a week. We've we've got a lot of things going on in, in in life. It's been a week. We but wrestling was also a week, if that's the best way to describe it. Right? We had a bunch of stuff we're going to talk about. We have AEW Dynamite that we're going to get into that we love, and we're going to talk about it. And we've got on this day where we take a trip in the Spanish announced time machine. And we talk about things that happened on this day in pro wrestling history. And, um, and, and of course, we have our ongoing SpanishAnnounceTable.net where you can subscribe and get all of our daily content. We have news each day. We have matches of the day. We have uh, historical trips in the Spanish announced time machine. Uh, we've got all kinds of stuff. We'd like you to go there and do that. Uh, but I, I feel like we got to address the elephant in the room here, Tom, uh, an icon of the wrestling industry passed away in you see him behind us here, Sheiky baby, the iron Sheik. And man, you've said before when people do pro wrestling, right? When people who aren't pro wrestling, everyday fans, when they do pro wrestling, right? When they're mimicking a pro wrestler, they're doing the macho man, right? You've always mm-hmm. said that to me. They're doing the mm-hmm. macho man. And I feel like iron Sheik is one of those folks for heel or pro mm-hmm. wrestling, bad guy. If somebody's like just pretending to be generic pro wrestling, bad guy, there's a lot of influence from, Iron Cheek. Yeah. yeah, that's a hundred percent. And the interesting thing about Iron Cheek, especially to our age and maybe even a little younger or a little older, kind of that I would say 30 to 45 mm-hmm. age the crowd. And, and, yeah, the right. Xenials, I guess you would say, yeah. is we're we're obviously familiar with his wrestling career, but we may be a little bit too young to actually remember the moment where uh, Bob Backlund's manager throws in the towel and he becomes champion, losing to Hulk Hogan. And that's the genesis of Hulkamania. However, we know about his infamous rants on the Howard Stern show, all of his rants on Twitter, uh, obviously his catchphrases of cameraman, zoom it, you know? And, and it. so it's interesting that, you know, to a certain age group, he is exactly what you said. The, uh stereotypical prototype you know benchmark of what a 80s foreign heel should be sound like and present themselves with obviously he has the moments that will last forever but then he's also transcended that after his wrestling career to just being utterly crazy at every moment it felt like he knew the gimmick Uh, i think i sent you this um you did the Hogan on the Howard Hogan. Stern. Yeah. Hogan on Howard Stern where, you know, he's like, I'll break your leg, Hogan, Hogan, you jabroni and all that. And then Hogan's like, Oh, you know, you owe me money and all that. And he's like, all right, I love you. And then she's like, yeah. I love you too. And it's just like, yeah. Hey, okay. Well, cause you Hogan the whole the time was like, yeah. Hogan the whole time was like, he's just working the gimmick, man. He's like, everybody uses <laughs> me to get over. Right. Like, and that's where Stern was even like, people are jealous of you being so good. And he's just like pointing to the phone as chic as reaming him like she yeah. does right like just you feel like he would do it in a manner where it felt like and he was doing it here on this howard stern interview where like man if we if i wasn't behind a phone right now right like that i would be clawing you like it would be on site we just were never in the same room right like yeah oh, i'll get you next time right and so he's reaming him left and right and hogan's pointing that out and he's like no but he's like man it's it's just a gimmick and then then like you said he's just like all right i love your brother and he's like yeah i love you too hogan was just like see like he felt vindicated right like yeah. he just felt like 
finally he does like me i promise you <laughs> yeah, yeah and, and with iron Sheik, obviously he could just do that rant about anything you know there's so many infamous stories of him uh going on rants against cartoon characters or mm -hmm. uh, nba players who may be controversial or baseball players whatever it may be politicians yeah. he would just go on these rants uh, and I just thought it was awesome. The other moment I think of with Iron Sheik is again, because I'm a little bit too young to remember his actual wrestling career. Sure. Uh, I actually remember him more as the manager for the heel. Mustafa. Yeah, that's what I actually remember him more as. But I don't think anyone can forget WrestleMania 17, the gimmick battle royal where they mm -hmm. had all of them. And he comes in there and I think he wanted. He I did. Mean, we're not fact checking. Yeah. So he won that. Um, and yeah, and that's just such a great moment too. You had Bobby, the brain Heenan, mean gene on commentary. You had all the Sergeant slaughters and the, what likes of, uh, those kind of guys in the gimmick battle Royal and here's iron cheek and he won it. Yeah. And then, and then I think the other thing, uh, kind of just stream of consciousness, I think he kind of aced or perfected the shoot interview. I think everyone mm. kind of similar to how you said everyone's, uh, basing their heel gimmick off of iron cheek which i agree with but everyone's also kind of doing that with the shoot interview you know the rf videos where it was like the shoot interview from simon gotch and it's like he's just doing iron cheek he's just not doing it as bombastic as iron right. cheek but he's doing all the same notes so yeah, yeah love iron cheek though yeah and same with you where i mean i i may have seen a few things real young you know of the iron cheek character but that's more when he was on his way out and i do remember mm -hmm. Very well, Colonel Mustafa, the Sergeant Slaughter gimmick. Like, that's when I was a young Hogan fan, right? That one really hit home. And then just, as you said, the the continued prominence in pop culture for the Iron Sheik, which you wouldn't expect, right? I mean, there was plenty of pro wrestling heels. Um, and and the Sheik, though, stuck out because, again, it feels like it feels like it was just him turned up to 11 when they say that's the best gimmicks because he mm. felt like the guy who could just, like you said, what, when we had a segment called what can't Tom complain about, right? You can give iron Sheik anything, anything to just run down and you give him a microphone and go and just, and leave for 30 minutes. And he'd still be reaming that thing out. And he was perfect at it and he was funny doing it, but also in a way that made you not want to cheer for the heel, right? Like he was so, great at what he did and his influence in sort of, you know, this genre will be missed. I'm sure. Oh yeah. And yeah, the credibility was also there. I think that's another aspect that we may need to touch on is because, you know, he was a Iranian Olympic wrestler. It wasn't mm -hmm. as if he mm -hmm. was one of these guys who was a tough guy bartender at, you know, hole in the wall. Oh, he bar. was the real deal. Yeah. He was the real deal. Yes. And so, you know, Kurt angle is obviously the most accomplished real wrestler to ever be in pro wrestling however iron Sheik is nothing also to like just forget about but Sheik was that, that level of, yeah like Sheik is of the level that if you met them both in their primes like they'd have had a hell of a of a tussle yeah. on the floor you know yeah yeah so i think that's another aspect of iron Sheik that i think may get forgotten because he is so flamboyant mm -hmm. and bombastic with all of his mm -hmm. uh you know promos but world class olympic level uh yeah. grappler right would oh, he, beat he, your make you humble as he mm -hmm. would say right like you, he could he could do to you what he wanted to do to you we'll say that yeah you don't think he could fuck him 
<laughs> I, I think he could. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. He's the definition yeah. of that phrase. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Like, uh-huh. oh shit, he can do whatever yeah. he wants to you. Right. Um, so yeah, the legitimacy of it is also probably born of where he got the swagger, right? Because he knew like, I, I bet at 60 plus he could still take down the majority of folks who came in his way, right? Until he's having to use mm-hmm. walkers and stuff yep. to get around. And even then, probably knew a few things to keep a few whippersnappers at bay, right? Like, oh, yeah. He was amazing, and that sucks. And, um, yeah, man, I don't know where we go from here other than uh, rest in peace, uh, Iron Sheik. Yeah? Yep, 100%. Zoom it. All right, so let's do something to kind of put us on better spirits. Maybe, maybe some of these might not put you on better spirits, but we'll see what happens here. As we go back in time, Tom, we're going to go hop into the Spanish announced time machine. And we have a week coming up of June 12th through the 16th uh, of a work day coming up. And we, so we're going to look ahead a little bit as we travel back in time, right? We're going to look ahead while we go back in time. Make sense of that. Obviously, and uh, yes. so we can be prepared when June 12th through 16th comes through to know and be able to speak to what happened in pro wrestling history it's a great way for you the listener or viewer of spanish announce table for your week ahead to say hey guess what happened on uh, this tuesday it's this so we prepare you for the work week yeah and or we'll if you're cool. not working whatever work kind of week you have so yeah for sure 100 yeah, yeah, yeah. let's do it traditional american week. all right here we go june 12th 2005 WWE presented the iconic ECW One Night Stand pay-per-view from the Hammerstein Ballroom in New York City, the first revival of the brand since its bankruptcy, 2001. Mm -hmm. Some of the matches on this card include Lance Storm defeated Chris Jericho, Mm -hmm. Rey Mysterio defeated Psychosis, Mm -hmm. Sabu defeated Rhino, Chris Benoit defeated Eddie Guerrero, Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. the Dudley Boys, Tom, defeated which two wrestlers? Oh, are you Tommy Dreamer and the Sandman? Yeah, I knew so, you were going to know all of this. So I didn't yeah, <laughs> give you an easy one. But so here's the thing that I will always say is earlier uh, last week, Jesus, um, I did the almost half year awards, and one of the yeah, categories almost mid-year was awards, right. Almost mid-year, yeah. Almost mid-year awards. And one of the categories was entrance. I love a great entrance. I love a great entrance in uh, professional fighting, whether that's boxing, mixed martial arts, whatever. I love entrances uh, for NFL games, you know, when the Ray Lewis does his dance and all of that stuff. One of the greatest entrances in entertainment is ECW One Night Stand and Sandman coming from the crowd making his way to the ring, the Metallica inter Sandman, just fucking going nuts. You could tell the goddamn Dudleys are getting juiced up. They got their goosebumps. You got Sandman coming down there. Oh, he, he fucking motorboats, two girls. Uh, He gives a a cheers to CW Anderson. Who's in the crowd. He does a jack off motion with his kendo stick to Kurt angle and JBL and edge and the, you know, raw and SmackDown crew. It's one of the best entrances ever. I fucking love it. If ever I'm like, man, I'm kind of like just bored. I go right to that. Fucking love that. Yeah. And the match was uh, crazy too. They did a cheese grater to fucking Tommy Dreamer's head. 
Crazy. And and it was the Dudley Boys' last match in WWE, so they're doing it on the way out, which is, again, amazing. Like, last match in WWE is this ECW one-night stand. And, man, it's it's hindsight. But, God, if they would have left it there, right? Like, if it would have – if they wouldn't have done this revival a year later of this, you know, new ECW to kind of tarnish that name, man, that's would have been the best storybook ending I think they could have given it. Oh, yeah. And it was amazing. I mean – that whole event was incredible. Now, ECW One Night Stand 2006, they kind of got the blueprint from 2005. That's where you obviously get the iconic John Cena versus Rob Van Dam, Edge, Spears, John Cena. Uh, you know, that one was also pretty crazy. The sure, Raven Sabu yeah. match. Yeah. But the first one, uh, ECW One Night Stand 2005, was incredible. And if memory serves me correct, and again, I'm not fact checking here. And you just told me about it, so I obviously wasn't prepared. But I believe Shane Douglas did like another like alternative to the mm. ECW One Night Stand, and some of the guys that you didn't see at WWE's, like Shane Douglas, you saw over there. So gotcha. yeah, that I whole not, weekend, I was not aware of this. I'm pretty certain that that was the 2005. Could have been 2006. I'll have to check but it yeah, out. Yeah, it was pretty crazy. You are more the – this is why you guess them because you're more of the natural historian here. I've got to look all these up. <laughs> That's why I do it and compile these lists and ask hey, you about it. Yeah. <laughs> well, you better ask me quick because I tell you what, this brain is getting smoother by the day. I ain't fucking remembering yeah. shit. I told yeah. you – uh, I told you a few weeks ago I was filling out paperwork and I forgot my middle name. Yeah. That was a legit yeah, well, thing that happened. Forgot my middle name. Had to look yeah. at my license. You could have gave me 100 guesses. Wouldn't have came up with James. I was like, "Oh, it's James." <laughs> okay. I don't know. That I, know that I don't know that I've ever known. Maybe I think you've told me before because I knew there was TJ involved. I knew that, mm -hmm. but so maybe mm -hmm. you've told me James, but I'm not 100 percent mm -hmm. sure. But uh, so there you go. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, you know. Hey. All right. Let's find out what happened. On this day, June 13th, 1993. Mm -hmm. WWF presented the first ever. King of the Ring pay-per-view from the Nutter Center in Dayton, Ohio. Okay. The centerpiece of this show was an eight-man tournament to crown the King of the Ring. After three classic matches against Razor Ramon, Mr. Perfect, and Bam Bam Bigelow, Brett the Hitman Hart was declared the winner of this event. His crowning mm -hmm. ceremony was ruined by Jerry the King Lawler, who attacked Hart. But the other major happening on this show saw Yokozuna win the WWF World Heavyweight Championship by defeating... Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan. Yeah, now, the interesting thing here is this is Hogan's last televised match until 2002. And, boy, we know what happened well, in between here and there. Yeah, <laughs> WWE. WWE. Yes, yeah, WWE yeah, yeah. televised match, yeah. Yeah, because then he would go to do Thunder in Paradise, which fucking <laughs> Thunder in Paradise, ruled. Right. That's all he would do, right? He would just do Thunder in Paradise, did an episode of Baywatch, you know what I mean? How just many came back. Emmys? <laughs> How many Emmys did Thunder in Paradise win? I mean, all of them. Uh, um uh, yeah yes in this reality in this reality he won all of them all of them i think he them. won an oscar i think mm -hmm. he won an oscar because they made yeah. it in a movie well remember with the spinoff of lightning in paradise yeah and then under in paradise right. yeah tropical right. storm there's tropical, tropical storm. storm right yeah mm -hmm. all of the yeah thunder in paradise too yep yeah then there was uh um rainstorm the kids version where it was just a rainstorm there was in paradise. thunder down under in paradise when they went to australia australia obviously yep mm -hmm. yeah yep 
Yeah. Thunder uh, Thighs it, in Paradise where they had, like, he had, like, a fat wife. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Saying. That was when he went in his fat phase. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Like, a, right. like Mac and Always Sunny. Yeah, it was like his Elvis um, ending. Yeah, of course. Uh, the 1993 was such a weird year because the thing that's interesting is if you go back and you listen to the interviews, even when he did his uh, WrestleMania match with uh, Sid, it was Hey brother, I think I'm hanging it up. I think this is the end of the road for, yeah. for Hulk Hogan and Hulkamania. Right. It's like, yeah. only if we knew. Yeah, <laughs> Shit, only we're gonna we go till, till 2005, you know, 2006. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's interesting. But 93, such a weird year, even in WCW, because WCW, you had the Vaders and the Ric Flairs and the Stings, and then Lex Luger was kind of like, is he cool? Is he not? And then you had yeah, Doom and the Steiner brothers. I think yeah. WCW holds up more in 93 than WWE. Yeah. But Oh, in retrospect to me, like looking back again in hindsight, it always feels like, boy, that was a time where they were really throwing a lot of things at the wall, right? Trying a bunch mm. of gimmicks to see what works. And I don't think anything did, partly because, you know, there weren't a whole lot of great things they were trying. But also, I just don't think there wasn't like this – what worked for later than what came with the attitude era was that really captured the a feeling of the times, if you will. And exactly. I don't think there was a whole lot of feeling of the times of 93, right? Like nobody's back. Yeah. Like, remember the summer of 93? Like nobody's really, mm. you know, we talk about a late eighties sometimes, or we mentioned a nine, you know what I mean? Like a late nineties, you know what I mean? But like, I just don't, yeah, I don't feel like yeah. there was anything going on that for anybody to connect to any of these wrestling characters. Hundred percent, yeah. Culturally speaking, the early '90s was the emerging of everything that would be later on in the '90s, right? Mm -hmm. So, take for example, sports. The thing that was happening in '93 was the emergence of Michael Jordan, right? It was his second title. That was when he was becoming this icon. That by '96, '97, he's the greatest player of all time, right? Uh, musically speaking, there was a lot of um, groups and, and solo artists who were like, well, we're almost there. Mariah Carey, for example, 92, 93. Well, mm -hmm. okay, we got some songs, but then by 96, 97, she's the number one star and yeah. all of that. So yeah, the nineties were like a transition year, not only for wrestling, but like America, yeah. pop culture. I always told people, I was like, the early 90s were just the end of the 80s. They just, we didn't. Yeah. You know I mean? mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We kind of just yeah. got done with the late Coke 90s, were... 2000s. That was a different, right? Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. And we got yeah. into our fun shit for sure. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, then let's find out what happened. On this day. June 14th, 1999. Ooh, okay. <clears throat> WWF taped Monday Night Raw in Worcester, Massachusetts. Billy Gunn defeated Road Dog in a dog pound match. Obviously. Yeah. Ivory defeated Deborah to win the WWF Women's Championship. Keep going. Okay. I, if you're if you're pulling one on me, I'm gonna kick what? your ass. <laughs> the you big boss your, man. I'm gonna be in your neighborhood tomorrow. <laughs> I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. The big boss man was disqualified in his blind date match against Test. Midian and Viscera wrestled to a no contest draw against Gerald Briscoe and Pat Patterson. <laughs> Tread lightly, Tim. Ken Shamrock. Ken Shamrock won a straight jacket match against which wrestler? 
You motherfucker. If it's, I'm going to say Jeff Jarrett. <laughs> it's Jeff Jarrett! You are great at this game. Shamrock wrestled an entire match in a straight jacket against Jeff Jarrett and won via submission. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, oh, right. my God. Yeah, Jeff Jarrett, the great Jeff Jarrett. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. And then they were attempting to let Shamrock out afterwards and vince mcmahon came and stole the key and we see shamrock chasing after mcmahon in a straight jacket oh yeah, that's jeff great. jarrett i know you love yeah. jeff jarrett so i know you want to see what he was doing i was yeah, looking I for him to my... win a title this week and he didn't do it anytime yeah. this week in the history that i can find which is odd but this felt pretty this felt pretty on par and i know you love ken shamrock this two of your favorite wrestlers yeah well i, I legit do here <laughs> yeah i mean here is here is the Ken Shamrock right there. Like I I yeah, he's one of my favorites. Where's your Jeff Jarrett? Um, I ain't got that motherfucker. <laughs> Actually, you know what? I don't think they even have an action figure of you Jeff Jarrett. You should get a Jeff Jarrett just so you can beat him up all the time. <laughs> I got a Bret Hart for that reason. <laughs> got a Bret Hart for that there reason. There you go. There you if go. You, you I, can get uh, Shiki baby, camel clutching oh, the Jeff mm-hmm. Jarrett. Well, uh, speaking of having Bret Hart just to beat him up, uh, one of my most liked pictures, uh, T-Mac underscore toy underscore wrestling, uh, is me recreating Goldberg mule kicking Bret Hart in the face that ended his career. (laughs) You were very proud of that one. I remember you were like, I'm going to do this. And I was like, okay. And you were like, I might have to get wires involved, but I'm going to do this. Nope. <laughs> I'm a no wires uh, photographer. I like, though, that you were like, you were like, I, I'm going to get this done. I'm going to find uh-huh. a way. <laughs> it took a while to balance that shit. That was hard. Uh, I bet. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah, but I should get a Jeff Jarrett for that reason. Fuck yeah. him. Absolutely. You could draw fucking like a penis on his face. and you know, Who wouldn't? Right. Who wouldn't? All right. Well, it gets better. June 15th, 2009, on WWF Monday Night Raw in Charlotte, North Carolina. Okay. Vince McMahon would make an announcement that was received so poorly that it caused WWE shares to plummet overnight and throughout the week until WWE clarified publicly that McMahon's announcement was only part of a storyline and not real. Um, What was McMahon's announcement? He died. It was the explosion. Close. Close. Oh, it's not? This would have been better. He announced that he had sold the company to Donald Trump. This was oh <laughs> the battle of the billionaires and all that. Yes, shit. yeah. And plus, stocks dropped like a dollar overnight and kept dropping over the week. They had to come out and be like, "Hey, guys, it's a TV show." <laughs> like they had to like publicly make announcements. They're like, "This is Crazy. a storyline, guys." Yeah. And crazy that, like, you know, confidence in the company after a guy like Donald Trump takes over wouldn't skyrocket the fucking, you know, all yeah, the shit. You mean, you mean they were scared that he would absolutely yeah. fuck everything up? <laughs> yeah, what a shock. Yeah. yeah, what's that guy up to today? Uh, I, think, I think I saw yeah, him in the news know. today. Yeah, I heard he's racist. Yeah. All right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, something happened to him in the news today, right? Probably, mm-hmm. probably winning, probably winning. Right, let's always in the always. Yeah, let's find out what happened. On this day. June 16th, 2013. Oh, Theo in the chat here said, Man, I miss Deborah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. okay. yeah. yeah. All, right. All right. Let me reset on this one. On this day. June 16th, 2013. WWE Payback was held in Chicago. 
Yeah, again, 2013 WWE. Oh, yeah. Curtis Axel defeated Wade Barrett and The Miz in a triple threat to win the Intercontinental Championship. Is this the one where he won it? Like, he only won it one time, didn't he? Is this the one where he won it on, like, the day his dad won it? And they were all like, oh, Mr. Perfect's kid, right? Didn't he? He did yeah. that, right? He won it one of the days, like, his dad won it. I don't know if that was this. Where did you, did you say where this took place? Chicago. Oh, Chicago. Okay. Because I remember Curtis Axel with Paul Heyman, and he was Intercontinental Champion there. So maybe that was, mm. anyhow. Okay. But anyway, right. continue, continue, yeah. AJ Lee defeated Caitlin to win the WWE's Divas Championship and would hold that title for almost 300 days, which was then a record. Okay. AJ Lee, good wrestler. Yep. Mm-hmm. Dean Ambrose, I don't know who that guy is, defeated Caitlin to, or no, excuse me, defeated, wrong, wrong line, defeated Kane to, by countout to retain the United States Championship. You see how I was confused there. They're right oh, over each other. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Right. Kane, yeah, Caitlin, yeah. same thing. Yeah, Kane, yeah. Kane, yeah. Yeah. Alberto Del Rio defeated Dolph Ziggler to win the World Heavyweight Championship. What mm, a time. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The Shield members Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins defeated mm-hmm. Team RK No of Randy Orton mm-hmm. and Daniel Bryan to retain the WWE Tag Team Championship. John Cena defeated Ryback yeah. two to one. In a three stages of hell match to retain the WWE Championship. So, Tom, what were the three individual stages of this three stages of hell match? This is the hard one, right? I gave you a bunch of softballs to get you this. Yeah, yeah. Match one, don't turn (laughs) the channel. Um, Match two, (laughs) tell me what the fuck they're doing. In match three, can you make it to the end? Well, match match three is feed me less. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, I guess no, you're okay. not going to get yeah, Okay. All right. All right. All right. Stage one. one. I'll give you this. Ryback won the first one. Okay. So uh, a hardcore, I don't know what they're going to mm. call it, but like a street mm. fight, hardcore. Almost. This one was a lumberjack match. I don't oh, know who okay. the lumberjacks were, but he wins a lumberjack match, which is interesting. Usually lumberjack matches to be our heel is is escaping, so yeah. you you leave there. But that's not John Cena. In this anyway, okay. Unless they said all the heels are lumberjacks. That's oh, it's all game. heels. Maybe yes, yeah, yeah. so they're gonna give him the the fucking. How's your father? Yeah. All right. So stage yeah. two, which is Cena's first win in a two to one victory, is a bit closer to a hardcore match like you'd mentioned. I'm gonna say uh, uh, extreme rules mm, tables match. Okay. Cena puts yeah. Ryback through a table. And then, and then the third three one is a submission. Submission. Oh, close. But well, if you'll remember when we were in Kansas City and Ryback comes out and he's making this claim of being a big main eventer, do you remember how he did so? Mm-mm. Showed up through the side on a big ambulance and we got uh, our ambulance uh, match, which Cena won. So, yeah, for reference, WWE thinks hell is three stages of a bunch of dudes. Uh, some tables <laughs> in the second stage, and then an ambulance for the third. The American really, healthcare system. Really, yeah, that's true. It is quite the hellscape. Yeah. What the fuck with this bill? Somebody get me out of here. I <laughs> yeah. wasn't even that hurt. I could have drove myself. All right. So, thankfully, that's what was happening. 
in pro wrestling. We should start a wrestling company just so that the American healthcare system is one of the stages. Yeah, of one hell. of the yeah, like one of the stages of hell. Yeah. Now you have to go for a routine colonoscopy <laughs> and handle the insurance bills. Yeah. Here's a here's a bill for a doctor that was out of network. <laughs> no, the doctor was in network, but they said it wasn't. Figure it out. Or pay the extra $23,000. All right, anyway, yeah. let's stop bitching about that. But yeah, yeah, that was on this day. Hey, you know, some stuff happened this week. <laughs> we had Trump. We had Jeff Jarrett. We had three stages of hell. Really vigorous, just hard hell. No, you broke uh, your arm, but your insurance company says it doesn't follow their policy. Yeah. How do you go from there? Yeah, yeah, because yeah, then the hell is like the the weeks after the match. Yes, so they're like, oh, I don't know how to fucking. I, I need yes. to wrestle three times this week, and you're like, what? Like, do you understand this bill yeah, that I got? Yeah, how much you get paid for this match directly relies on how well you do all this paperwork. <laughs> and, and by the way, you got to make a lot of phone calls. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, who's your emergency contact? Because you run alone. Oh my yeah. god! And then they're going to tell you everything's fixed and everything will be fine, but you're going to get a bill next month and they don't remember anything yeah. about it. No notes. No. <laughs> who's that doctor? Oh, huh? yeah. But you yeah. owe money. Yeah, yeah, but we keep making billions of dollars. All right, so Tom, uh, AEW Dynamite was last night. This yeah, is Thursday for anybody is- listening back on the podcast, and if you're listening back on the podcast, we love you. We are glad you're here. And we appreciate you. We want you to know, however, we do this live on Thursday nights about precisely, exactly on the dot. No mistakes. 7.15-ish. Right then. Right? Right then. Right then. And we do it Thursday nights. And that's, again, U.S. Central time zone. The one true time zone. Home of the Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl champions. That's for Theo in the chat. Um, But... Uh, join us and you can chat with us live like Theo is doing here uh, and we love mm-hmm. that uh, you can also use hashtag tweet the table throughout the week if you can't join us live on, on got Twitter got a couple of those we're at, t- at table show we got a couple of those that we'll read as we discuss this AEW Dynamite so Tom yeah uh, you usually lead us on this journey through the AEW Dynamite yeah. Yeah, let's do it. So last night took place in Colorado, which is uh, an interesting spot in America to do a wrestling show because I feel like (laughs) Colorado, the state of Colorado is almost everything America. You have all aspects of extremists and right down the middle in the state of Colorado, weather-wise and people. Uh, And so this was an interesting one and it kicked off with the title match. And it kind of feels like, Remember when uh, mid-90s WCW Nitro, like right when they started really cooking with the NWO, that kind of 96, 97, I guess late 90s, and every Nitro started with the cruiserweights? Well, every AEW Dynamite is starting with Orange Cassidy. It sure (laughs) is. Yeah, Yeah. and that's fine by me. I like it. And this is an international title match. It's champion Orange Cassidy taking on the coolest man in pro wrestling, Swerve Strickland. And man, this was a back and forth, just barn burner. It, they got after it. We got DDTs from the outside of the ring to the, to the floor or from the inside of the ring to the outside of the ring. Everything. And we got Prince yeah. Nana trying to uh, distract and stuff. What did you think of this match? Yeah, I, I found it interesting that we had kind of what you said here. We had the coolest man in pro wrestling in Swerve Strickland, and then we had 
the guy with the gimmick of the coolest man in pro wrestling of Orange Cassidy, right? Like that was an interesting blend. Different kind of cool, right? Different yes, kind of, of cool. course. It's kind of, of like course. it's kind of like when you say, and again, I always use high school as the reference because I feel like we all went through high school, even if you're international, whatever you know, grade school that you want to call that. But like, Orange Cassidy was the cool with the like cars and the uh, non-traditional interest where Swerve Strickland was probably the star point guard or star quarterback, the sports cool, right? You could have two different versions of cool existing. Um, I still think Swerve Strickland is my kind of cool. That's why I call him the coolest man in pro wrestling. But obviously Orange Cassidy with the hands in the pocket and all of that stuff, he is cool as well. The thing that I thought was interesting about this match is we talked about it last week. I really felt like this was the moment that we're going to have Orange Cassidy lose the title, have yeah. Swerve Strickland take it over. He's got the faction to where you got to get through them to get to him. It was all tailor-made for everyone to kind of go off in different directions. However, Orange Cassidy retains the title here. So, Tim, the $100 million question is, who beats Orange Cassidy for this championship? Oh, oh. you know the answer to that. No, I don't. Fucking nobody. <laughs> he retires. Uh, Jeffrey Sills in the chat here says this first match was three fire emojis. Love Orange Cassidy, but we need to, and I believe it says strap up swerve here, but it's blocked by this like uh, thing where I it can pick like a heart side. emoji or a whatever. Yeah. So, but I think yeah. that's what it says, right? But we need to strap it up. It's on swerve. my side. I see that. It's yep. an odd placement for this little thing that they put in the way, and now I can't read this chat. Fucking YouTube. Mm-hmm. Get your game together. Yeah. Get your shit together. All right. Um, but yeah, uh, this was awesome. I think the match was cool. I also want to go to our Tweet the Tables because we got at Brian J. Bay Bay says that was one of the most fun matches to start Dynamite. It was really good. Hashtag Tweet the Table. And I agree. It was three fire emojis. It was really good. I thought that's where we were going to. I thought this mogul embassy cast of characters was going to get involved, was going to cause the, you know, the inevitable final loss, right? There was too much injury to overcome with all the numbers, but that didn't happen. So I'm interested to see where we go. And I also don't think, again, doing a whole lot of favors for Swerve, kind of what Jeffrey Sills is saying here. Like, what? Now, this twice I feel like I've seen him in this merry group of of chumps three if you count the other chumps he was with Mm -hmm. you kind of get disposed of pretty quickly (laughs) yeah and so this is yes i i totally agree so i don't know where we're gonna go from there however post-match is maybe the biggest head scratcher for me and that is uh the mogul embassy then come in they're gonna beat up orange cassie right you got brian cage uh, the basically the trios champions from Ring of Honor, which is the Mogul Embassy, they're beating up uh, Orange Cassidy, bop, 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 kicking, 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 punch, punch, punch on Orange Cassidy's head, and then the lights go out, and then the lights come back on. The Mogul Embassy actually looks smart because they got out of the ring, so they credit there, to them yeah. for at least they got they didn't get beat up more, right? Right. But didn't wait around that, to see what was going on, right? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I always hate that. But, <laughs> But Sting and Darby Allen come in for the save. And Tim, I'll pose this question to you because we would see them in the next segment. Where the hell were the best friends? I mean, yeah. you could call them chaos, but like, because uh, Rocky Romero was a part of them as well. But like, 
They just were like, yeah. hey, we're going to hang out in Gorilla and just not go out there. And here's where it at least could have made sense, right? If we were like, well, we want Sting and Darby to make the save. Um, but the best friends could have still been attempting to get out there, right? They see their friends about to get up. I, I understand it might take you a few minutes to run from the back to get out there. But by that time, the lights have gone off, Sting and Darby in there. But now you're like rushing out and you're like, what the hell is going on here? Like, you good? Right? You know what I mean? Like, at least show up. At least be late. Yeah to the party but show up well so this is where again we're i'm looking back on it with rose colored glasses however this was one of the best aspects of ecw and i know i always bring up ecw so here it is again take a shot if you're following along at home but this is where ecw would have done this way better and they did this kind of stuff way better i would have done it this way ecw style so mogul embassy are beating up orange cassidy chaos comes out for the save right they are chaos which is best friends in rocky romero obviously they're then fighting the mogul embassy bop, 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 bop. well spoiler alert the next match was blackpool combat club versus chaos so as chaos is beating up mogul embassy guess who comes out to beat up chaos the blackpool combat club because they're like well fuck these guys we're gonna fight them next anyhow so let's just get couple shots in early so then they go off and they split off but you still have the mogul embassy and orange cassidy kind of separate from blackpool combat club and chaos who could potentially start their own match and then that's where sting and darby allen come in and say hey we got your back darby or excuse me orange cassidy we're gonna bite off the mogul embassies but you roll everything in because as we've mentioned this right. is a traveling circus right so right. like that's where you can keep the momentum. Yep. That's the thing that, and I get commercial breaks. ECW didn't necessarily have to fight that, right? Cause it was all pre-taped. So they could kind of chop it up how they wanted to after the fact, but make me go like, what the hell? What is Blackpool combat club doing up there fighting with the mogul embassy? Are they a group now? Who knows? And then we come back from commercial break and then they've separated off and okay, I can put two and two together, but that's where, Chaos coming out would make sense because yeah. it's Orange Cassidy. So right, it didn't make any well, sense. and so Jeffrey Sill says, uh, you know, Sting and Darby make the save because Swerve and Darby have history together from the Pacific Northwest and Defy. Oh, yeah, no, that's fine. Yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not saying that Sting and Darby shouldn't have came out sure. to help right. Orange Cassidy because even as of I think two or three weeks ago, uh, Orange Cassidy and Darby were tagging together. Remember yeah, that when right. it was just randomly mm -hmm. tagging before yeah, the pay-per-view? Yeah. yeah, so I get that the, like, they would be cool, but the coolest of people with Orange Cassidy, as we're led to believe, is the best friends. The best and, friends. Like, such in yeah. chaos. And it also doesn't make sense. I, we've known the best friends to be quick on that jump they're not mm -hmm. the calmest most reserved character they brought a chainsaw to a match <laughs> so why wouldn't they have been out here at the first jump of some problems right they are the type that like they'll start the bar fight because they think you're about to get in one you know what i mean like right. they're not trying to help you out of the bar fight they're trying to help you win the impending bar fight right yeah i don't know uh, jeffrey sills also says the story is still being told i think swerve will win because of how orange won so do you think there's more to come here and we do get the title change well, I do know that they announced for next week it will be Mogul Embassies, the three, you know, trios mm -hmm. champs, and Swerve Strickland versus Orange Cassidy, Sting, Darby Allen. And then let's not forget how all of this started with Swerve Strickland going down this road. Keith Lee, remember him? He's a part of this. He's still and here, huh? 
Yeah, he's still there. He's still hanging All out. Right. And I know that we properly or we haven't properly got the Keith Lee versus Swerve Strickland match. I think kind of maybe that boat has sailed and it's kind of hard to go back on. Yeah. How could we go back now? I feel like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you, I think you can acknowledge it and like, you don't oh, like them, right? They don't yeah, they right? hate each other. Yeah. But, but we don't they're... need a blowout now. Yeah. So that's what's announced for next week. So it does seem like it's going to continue. It is interesting that. You know, we have this forbidden door pay-per-view coming up sooner rather than later. And we always like to get the Sting and the Darby a part of that pay-per-view for eyeballs. So Mm -hmm. I don't know how they maybe fit in, but we'll see how that happens. So forbidden that uh, we keep doing it every year and keep advertising it and paying people to be here. (laughs) Well, I'm glad you said that because we go right into right after this post-match uh, fallout into a video package of Brian Danielson challenging Kazushi Okada for Forbidden Door, which was officially made. So we've got Okada, the Rainmaker, who I think is actually pretty fucking cool, versus Brian Danielson, Blackpool Combat Club. Uh, Tim, I know, you know, it's no secret that we don't watch New Japan weekly, monthly. Yeah. At all. <laughs> but we know of people over there. So mm-hmm. how do you feel as yes. a non New Japan nerd about Danielson versus Okada? So I know enough <clears throat> to know that that name has, when New Japan gets mentioned around me, and I don't know anything about New Japan, the name most often I feel like <clears throat> they got mentioned uh, is Okada, right? Like it's, mm-hmm. I, I understand he's a huge star over there. And that everybody thinks he's really awesome. And so I will look forward to seeing Brian Danielson versus Okada. Like, I have no doubts that that's going to be a wrestling match, right? Mm-hmm. Exclamation point. So I'm excited about that. Um, You know, Brian Danielson will do, I think, you know, they'll build this this way. We'll get these vignettes where Okada says something. And then we'll get a Brian Danielson retort the next week. And he'll do good at what he does. And but I don't feel like I'll ever be more hyped than I am about what, how I just said, right? Like I'm ready to see it. It'll be cool, but I'm not going to care who wins. It'll be a, it'll be a match. Right. So I, mm-hmm. I would hope some of the other things on that card. I mean, I get forbidden doors a bit of that, right? You should have less expectations of there being a whole lot of major storylines coming into this outside of, I guess folks who followed the new Japan timeline, get more storyline effect out of this. Right. Yeah. So after that video package, one of the things that uh, Excalibur did a really good job of of informing non-New Japan nerds of um, Okada's connection to Danielson specifically in this regard is that Chaos, which is the best friends and Rocky Romero combination, is led by Okada in New Japan. So mm-hmm. here is Brian Danielson led. Like, let's say what we obviously kind of know. It looks to be that Brian Danielson is the one leading this group now. Right. Brian Danielson's led Blackpool Combat Club against Okada's led Chaos in a six man tag that we would get next. So at least they're connecting some parts here as far as, well, why would they even have beef? Well, these guys, their friends are fighting. So now they got to fight, right? One of those things. And that leads us into the next match, as mentioned. Uh, it's the BCC versus uh, Chaos. Well, if I can, if I can mm-hmm. jump you real quick there, uh, Jeffrey Sill says, this is my favorite pay-per-view because I'm a New Japan and an AEW fan. And that's where I know, like, so, you know, with AEW, there is a heavy influence of this New Japan style and a lot of those wrestlers. And now we're hearing mm-hmm. 
you know, peek behind the curtains and stuff. If you follow some of that, that Brian Danielson is, is becoming involved in the creative in AEW and sort of kind of that almost Patterson role to been, you know, to, to uh, Tony Khan. So we're going to see a lot more of that. And I get that like that really rings true to fans like this, like Jeffrey Sills who like that. Um, my worry is, are we going to start going too far there? Uh, because if it's, if it's Tony Khan and Brian Danielson who really love that, who really love new Japan and that style and, and that stuff over there, and they're both just in there, you know what I mean? Doing whatever they do and come and be like, oh, wouldn't it be great if then if we also brought over and then then, then I faced him too? And I just, I, I'm a little worried about that, if I'm being honest, right? I'm a little worried about too much of this coming out because, I mean, we've said it a thousand times, right? When they were like, Will Ospreay's here. We were like, great. You didn't tell any of us who Will Ospreay is if we didn't know who Will Ospreay is, right? Like, you didn't mm-hmm. tell us these things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I'm just a little worried about where we're going from here. I understand it's forbidden door time, so I'm going to see more of that now. But I'm going to be honest, I'm, I'm worried that it's going to kind of stick around. <laughs> and then I, not well, that I hate it. I just, I'm, mm-hmm. it's hard to follow that when you don't also follow New Japan closely. Yeah. And the, the analogy that I, or, or the comparison, excuse me, that I always use is, you know, I grew up a WCW fan. I was obviously a WWF fan as well. But WCW was a little bit more available with my cable package. So I would see WCW Saturday night and WCW Sunday morning uh, and then see the Clash of Champions on TBS. So I was more of a WCW like hardcore where WWE I would catch when it was on NBC, stuff like that. That's all to say one of the parts of WCW's history that I just didn't care about. And we were talking about early nineties is when WCW and new Japan pro wrestling did their world cup. Remember that yeah. when it was yeah. staying versus, um, you know, uh, oh gosh, I'm trying to think of, I mean, this is a bad example, but the great Muda or it was Ric Flair versus, um, uh, oh goodness. Antonio Noki, you know, things like that. It was like, I don't fucking care. I want to see Sting fight Vader. I want to see Vader fight, um, you know, Sid Vicious. I want to see Ric Flair take on Scott Steiner like that. I didn't give a shit about the World Cup. So and now obviously the Internet is allowing us to get more involved because back in the early 90s, I was I don't know who the fuck these guys are. So I don't care. Right. And then they go away. They come up. They do the World Cup. Then they go away. Obviously, I can follow these gentlemen and women if I want to. But I don't want to. Like, I want stories. And so, yeah. so to me, I'm not interested. You know, I, all this this kind of thing it feels, you know, like the the concept of dream matches, right? It was like, oh, the dream matches we'll get out of things like this, right? To me, dream matches, guys, are for video games. I want the dream storylines, right? Like, I, yes. I always why why the Monday Night Wars were great was because you could envision that, like, what we were all looking forward to with the invasion aisle of this, like, well, what would happen, right? I, I don't care. Like, I, I don't want to know, like, oh, I just want to see AJ Styles versus, you know, almost or what, whatever the things are. Like, I, I need you to tell me, like, if I could get Hangman versus this person over there, what is the dream three-month storyline to get me to care about that match, right? Like, that's what – that's where I'm worried about – like, Forbidden Door is cool. Like, I'll be like, that's great because it is for these folks, right, who like that. Yeah, of course. But if we keep moving forward with a heavier influence – which of I just, just feel like matches. it's somewhat picked up of mm-hmm. just these folks coming over more often or being involved or we're getting bullet club stuff. Like I, I, I think they got to slow down a little bit because 
and none of us know what that is and and it takes a while to build some of that why it was cool over there right like mm-hmm. there's decades long work been done over there to get those folks over there it hasn't happened here and i get that like yes you have fans over here who watch that and you're hoping to capture some of that right when you bring them over here because they're gonna love it the rest of us they're not just over because we hear that they're like like we mentioned i i hear okada and i understand he's a big deal but if he walked through the doors when I happen to be at Raw, I'm not going to be like, oh, my God, Okada's here. I'm just going to be like, oh, that guy? Neat. Yeah, neat. Right. <laughs> right. Like, that's all it amounts to, to me at least. And I know everybody's different, so. Yeah, know. and to piggyback off that just a little bit, we'll get back into our Dynamite recap, and we'll answer uh, Jeffrey Sill's question in the chat as well. Um, yeah, the the dream match that everyone would talk about with Sting and Undertaker, right? Sting versus yeah. Undertaker. I never cared about oh, the yeah. match, right? Yeah, I the didn't match think would about, suck, like, probably. <laughs> well, right the match would be fine, right? Yeah, it would right. just happen. But I was thinking about the spookiness, right? right. Undertaker, you know, does his hellfire brimstone. Yeah, is, and Sting yeah. follows down from the rafters. Like, the story is what the coolest part was with that, not the match. Um, obviously, it would be cool to know who would win, but, like, the story would is the coolest part of that. So, yeah, yeah just but that's where we disconnect that. because I think some of these people, the reason – the, they like these people that the people they think are cool is because of their matches for whatever reason right because like, they you know what i mean well there are and, certain and it might wrestlers be, and it might be because those people haven't told a good story that they've ever seen anyway, well I, I mean look there are certain wrestlers where the <laughs> yes. match is their gimmick walter course, for sure. example sure. is the smack you through the fucking chest uh ishii is the stone pit bull who will fucking just yeah yokozuna was the squash you in 14 ways yeah exactly yeah so there were suplex city brock lesnar yeah so all that's long-winded way of saying forbidden doors coming out and the blackpool combat club versus chaos happens on dynamite last night and this was a good match i think the moment of the night speaking of moves was when trent who i said on our twitter uh, at table show, I live tweet during most AEW events. Uh, I think he is honestly the MVP of the mid card. Cause if you need him to do a six man, awesome. You need him to do a singles match against Will Ospreay. Awesome. You need to do a tag team match against the new tag team that we're pushing like the ass boys, for example, he's, he's good there with Chuck. Right. Um, but the move of the night was when he did the uh, backflip off the, turnbuckle to the outside and claudio fucking uppercut his jaw into the fifth row that was badass yeah that was yeah trent is uh man i ever since you started saying that i've been noticing like man he's good like he's always he's awesome he's, he's always awesome. there always I... always doing good stuff uh jeffrey sills did ask us in the chat he said your boy eddie meaning eddie kingston is going to the g1 are you guys tuning in well yeah it's fucking eddie kingston you know Personally, is the sun gonna, gonna come eddie out in july yeah, yeah. Does Steph Curry, you know, uh, shoot a three point? Of course. Like, we're going to be watching this stuff. Like, it's Eddie. By the way, if you use the search function in our YouTube, uh, and maybe I'll put this up closer at the top in our featured videos list, uh, we were on site for a very impassioned promo from Eddie Kingston in St. Louis. Oh, uh, yeah. You can find on our uh, About Indie Wrestling, you can find on our YouTube channel. Yeah, Eddie Kingston. I will follow Eddie Kingston to the end of the earth. I do not care. That is my hero. I will do whatever he needs. And he Oddly, will be the man. It feels like that's where he would take you, actually. <laughs> right to the end totally of the earth. Fine right, with yeah. it. Totally fine with Toss it. Toss you right off after taking your wallet. <laughs> love it. I yeah. love it. But he is uh, so your the best Black- friend. <laughs> he is my best friend. Obviously, we're best friends. Yeah, he knows right, that. Yeah. Uh, so Blackpool Combat Club win. 
as they should. And then post-match, little bit interesting because we get the Hung Bucks, Hangman and the Young Bucks, yeah. say that, hey, next week we're going to be in Washington, D.C. That's where the first AEW Dynamite took place on my birthday, by the way, October 2nd. Um, and so we want to see if you're as good as you think you are. So how about Hung Bucks versus Blackpool Combat Club? And on paper, fuck yes. Another person who I will follow wherever they need me to go, Hangman Adam Page. Young Bucks, fuck them all. But Hangman Adam Page, I will follow him. However. All right, Tom, hold on. The question. You're at a it's fork in the road. It's okay, Eddie Kingston. Right, right, okay. <laughs> okay. I ain't listening to goddamn country country music. Um, but uh, the, the thing that's interesting is on paper, that's awesome. You tell me a rematch of a pared down version of anarchy in the arena that we got a couple weeks ago, I'm fucking in. And I will be in next week. I'm pumped for that match. However, after anarchy in the arena, the Blackpool combat club who won now again through some shenanigans, but who won showed up the next week and we're like, we're fucking people up. And then we saw hangman and the young bucks going like, ah, my foot, my neck, all that. And then last night, again, week two after the pay-per-view, BCC is going, guess what? We're going to fuck more people up. And we got the Young Bucks and Hangman just sitting there going like, well, I don't think you will fight us next week. It's like, they're the ones fucking fighting everyone. And where's your match? Like, you guys need to fucking wrestle. Like, yeah, yeah. Well, and that's the thing is like, I mean, you're challenging us. Like, didn't we just beat your ass already? Like, I don't understand. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, Let's like, do it again. Yeah, it, yeah, from the Blackpool Combat Club side of uh, of this challenge, they're like, why? We're not punching down. We're going to go after House of Black or someone yeah. else that's, like, more formidable. Yeah, like, we beat you for fun once. Afterwards, we get paid to fight, man. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. and we're going after yeah. this, right? Yeah, exactly. So, we got Give that you one challenge. free ass bitten, you know? <laughs> we get that challenge. Danielson accepts on behalf of the Blackpool Combat Club. So that match will happen next week on a very stacked edition of Dynamite. After that, we get a video package for a second match announced for Forbidden Door. This is going to be Kenny Omega champion, the New Japan Pro Wrestling United States champion. I think that's what it's called versus Will Ospreay. This is going to be Omega Ospreay 2. Now. I will tell you this again from someone who I hear things and it kind of rolls off uh, my shoulder because I'm not really paying attention. I do know, and they're wrong, but I do know that people are saying the first Omega Osprey match that happened in New Japan has been the match of the year. It was incredible. Mm. It was storytelling. I watched it. I did like it. It had more storytelling than just big moves. So credit to them. So I'm interested in this match. How do you okay. feel? Yeah, same thing. This is another one of those where, like, hey, listen, I get these guys are some of the best or viewed as the best of what they do, and they're going to put on a very well-scripted, uh, very well-choreographed piece of art here, well, and it's going to be good. Like, I, I'm not going to say it's bad. It's just going to be mm -hmm. something that I'm like, it's just not going to enthrall me. Like, I'll, I'll watch it, and I'll think it's good. Uh, unless they fuck something up, of course. But these just aren't my dudes, right? Like, I'm just well, not these, Yeah. I, I agree. I will say, though, this is a little bit different for us, unlike the 
who can do the springy springy jump yeah, jump right, moves, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? Right. These guys, and we've seen promos in AEW where they're like, hey, you know, from Kenny Omega's perspective is, I left New Japan, you were supposed to take over, and now they fucking suck as a company. I blame you. And then Will Ospreay's point of view is, you left high and dry New Japan, and then I had to just jump into your spot with no preparation. Go fuck yourself, and I think you suck. And so they've kind of said that on AEW television, right? We've got those promos. Remember Mm -hmm. when we were on the road to uh, All Out, and we were going through the tournament matches for the first trios championship and Kenny Omega and Osprey had that back and forth with their promos. And then you go to that match earlier in the year and it was more than that. It was, you know, heartfelt punches because I have animosity towards you. So I will say they are going to yeah. do their, Oh no, I, I do stuff, get but. to me. It does feel like it's, it's a big brother versus little brother kind of feel right. Yeah. Um, and so, I mean, yeah, that's great. there. Yeah, I, I, that's there. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's not lost. I mean, that this will be something, and they're gonna, they're gonna go at it, and they're going to attempt to make mm-hmm. this the greatest wrestling match of all time in their eyes. Of course, that's like who they are and what they do. So, it'll be interesting to see what they attempt in that regard for sure. Um, it's just, again, to me, it's them fighting over this idea of you know who's leading the pride. Uh, of of new japan and it's just it's a pack i don't really care about you know yeah. so i'm just like all right okay we'll see what happens here yeah. yeah so as we move on we get contractually obligated to show up aew world champion mjf yeah, yeah. and he essentially says hey colorado you guys are crackheads this place sucks it's boring not we're not really really lying there um yeah. and i'm tired of this place no one here is competition and that brings out, cue the music, Adam Cole, baby. And he comes out and he's doing all of his stuff. And before he can get his big old chant of Adam Cole, baby, MJF says, cut it, cut it, bullshit, cut it, stop. And then we get a promo battle that was better than expected. MJF is always a high standard and he usually meets that benchmark. Adam Cole can be a good promo, but I don't think of him as the promo guy. I don't so think of him better as than cutting a guy down this way, right? Like a lot of his promos were that I've seen good. I mean, again, I haven't seen a lot of his independent promos before NXT, right? And that thing. But when he was doing that in Disputed Era, a lot of those promos are good of like, hey, we're the fucking best. You know, mm-hmm. that like everybody's behind, like, and we're going to beat your ass. You know, like that stuff is all like he does that all very well. But this like... I and correct me if I'm wrong. I didn't see everything he did in NXT, but I didn't get this, uh, you know, idea that like he's the guy who's like individually picking out a singular dude, cutting him down based on personality traits and or and or tactics, etc. Right? Like he was never that dude who was like d- does what MJF does. Right? Can individually mm. destroy you. And so this yeah. was unique in that he did pull some of that out here. And I thought it was really good, right? Um, and it, it it made me feel more about an Adam Cole match outcome than Adam Cole has in a long time. Well, and that's what MJF uh, essentially said, right? Is he said, and there was an Instagram post to back this up. I saw on social media that eight years ago, MJF said he's studying the greats and it was four pictures and it was Jericho, uh, Adam Cole, and then uh, Chris Candido and I can't remember the fourth, um, 
the fourth person. Uh, and so there is some validity to what Brooke. he was saying here. Yeah, Dana Brooke. No, but there was some validity to what he was saying is, hey, after CM Punk left me, I looked to you, like you and Jericho were, he didn't say Jericho, but he I like said, how he like, said that though, after CM Punk up and left me. <laughs> he didn't yeah. say like, yeah, he left me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so he talked about how, man, you were the coolest shit. And he kind of was, right? I can remember, personally speaking, him catching my attention in Ring of Honor because he was doing some of this cut down Kyle O'Reilly bullshit. Mm-hmm. And the Not necessarily promos that you had to listen to, but man, this guy's pretty fucking good, right? He's coming up, coming up. And then he does go to NXT. He has that big debut or him and Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish beat the fuck out of Drew McIntyre after a takeover ends. Um, and then they take over NXT, right? It's the undisputed era for years and years, right? And then they even do their stuff with him and Kyle O'Reilly. But then MJF comes to the second part of his promo where he goes, and then you come here, and what the fuck is yeah, this? Like, what is What happened to you? <laughs> yeah. What is this? Yeah. yeah. And I think, if not to say we're going to pile on, However, I think Tim and I's criticism of Adam Cole since coming to AEW is a lot, maybe not as harsh, but is a lot of what MJF said with, what the hell the is fuck this? Out of so, okay, so, you know, the frailty aside, I think, as Jeffrey Sill says here in the chat, he's talking about his frailness, and, and that's been a thing. People talked about, boy, Adam Cole got off the WWE diet, and MJF kind of loosely references that, and we get the, like, you want to piss in a cup line that he gives them about you know what i mean you know yeah but well, you're getting jacked too right um adam cole that's says to mjf yeah, adam right cole said correct that to MJF. right yeah. yeah um and so like that aside right okay so you know i've tried to push that aside like listen you know if adam cole doesn't want to juice adam cole doesn't want to juice his body right uh and we've you know heard you know he's going through mental health struggles so i never really wanted to disparage him over stuff like that but yeah the aura of the coolest guy in the room, dick swinging down below his knees, swagged out, everybody wanting to be him, right? Like fighting girls off with the stick. Uh, Adam Cole does not exist in AEW and hasn't since day one. That persona and aura does not come across the screen with this guy that we're getting here. Now, a little bit different last night, but... But well, I wouldn't well, even say even that aura wasn't there, right? This was just a different, like, Adam Cole's finally pissed, right? Yeah. And ready to take shit, but, like... This yeah, is viciousness. Know. This is backed into a corner verbally. How do I get yeah. out of it? Well, I'm going to cut you down with some insults. Yeah, cool guy, Adam Cole? Ain't here, baby. Cool, cool can be defined a million different ways. But I sure. think, traditionally speaking, what we were saying is in WWE, NXT specifically, he was the, like you said... The you know, big dick Adam. He was the guy. But like like a but like the early Fast and Furious cool, right? Remember like Fast and Furious one, two, and three when like it was still okay to like like the Mm -hmm. movies, and then they jumped the shark, like that cool. And then he came over to AEW, and again, you can like what you like, but it became, hey guys, check out my Twitch. We're gonna be watching and playing Super Mario Brothers, and it's like, what the fuck is that? Yeah. So and hear me out. Yeah, cool is a subjective term, like you said, and can be defined many ways. What somebody will say, like, that's a cool guy, or I like that person, he's cool, is completely different. But most people have a really good consensus agreement on what the cool guy 
is defined as, right? The cool mm-hmm. guy in the room, you may say, oh, you like video games? I like that. That's cool. But you don't say the cool guy in the room is necessarily, you know what I mean? Like the guy who likes the video game. You get what I mean? Like that's, mm-hmm. yeah, I wish there was maybe a different term and there probably is. There's probably a bunch of terms. We're old. We're, we're not hitting well, the street. But like, but yeah, he's not, he doesn't come across as like the, the guy everybody wants to be and the guy the girls want to be with and that sort of thing. And I think what I would argue, what I think, what I think I don't like about Adam Cole and AEW is this. The Adam Cole that was presented on night one when he came out before Brian Danielson came out mm-hmm. and he was in there getting kissed on the cheek by the Young Bucks was NXT Adam Cole. And what we mm-hmm. got was more, and I don't know his real name, but let's just say it's Adam Cole. Yeah. 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 Right. Whatever it is. Right. Uh, and again, yeah. And, and by the way, I don't need to know it. I'm just saying yeah, like, right, the real yeah. person, yeah. Uh, if it is Adam Cole, whatever. But what I'm saying is, um, it felt like then we got, Hey guys, I was playing that character in NXT. This is who I really am. And it's yeah. like, no, 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 no. That's not what I was thinking. Yeah, exactly. Are. Which like, again, no. if that's, if that's what you are and that's what you want to do and that's the character. Play. But I feel like we have no, Social media ambassador Adam Cole and not Mr. Cool Adam Cole. Exactly. Yeah, we got, hey, guys, I'm kind of tired of doing all that stuff, so I'm going to show you this side he of me. It feels like, no, like no, no, he's no. in, he felt like to me, until we're getting this big match, that he was in the Titus O'Neil role. I'm here to do some appearances. I'm here to make some announcements. Right. Yeah. I'll do a couple of interviews. I'll be on the Twitch. I'm making mm-hmm. the rounds. While you guys can wrestle and sleep. Yeah. So long story short, they get all their jabs in. And Adam Cole, like you said, got the steroid comment in, got the, uh, you look up to me. Fiance. I'm the best. Yeah. yeah all that stuff. Yeah. And MJF got more jabs in about, you know, oh, the yeah. rumor that, uh, Adam Cole was going to be Keith Lee's manager on the <laughs> main right. roster, all of that kind yeah. of stuff. But what we're getting long story short is Adam Cole goaded MJF into a match. Adam Cole leaves. Ha ha ha. Next week, again, another massive show because we get MJF wrestling on a dynamite in a title eliminator match, Adam Cole versus MJF. And now Tim, not to bring the room down, even though it's just me and you, but people online and people in uh, the YouTube chat. My worry is Tim. Chris Jericho is going to poke his head into this and ruin the match for Adam Cole. I think because technically a title match. No, that makes perfect sense. So, well, again, my worry going into this was, hey, man, again, you know, we've talked about this. Adam Cole's supposed to be a big deal. Everybody, when Adam Cole showed up, like you said, day one was NXT Adam Cole. We thought we've got another main event player in AEW. He has been anything but that, really. Now he's going to be in a main event shot here, but I thought, man, we're not going to take this off MJF quite yet, right? But I feel like the first time you put Adam Cole up there isn't a great spot to now just, ah, never mind, throw him back out. But now if somebody can cost him that match and we get back into this Chris Jericho thing, okay. Also, also the other thing that I have in the back of my mind is it wasn't that long ago that we did Adam versus Adam for the world championship. Remember when it was hangman, Adam page versus Adam Cole. You're right. Yeah. We I forgot about that. Adam That's right. So we stuff. did get him a world title match then, didn't we? Yeah. 
Well, and he sucked although like not that he sucked, but like he lost every time. Like it wasn't yeah. competitive to where, oh well, he did win, but it was something the ref didn't count three or whatever, right? So he lost. And we're doing that pretty quick with MJF. And so honestly, if I'm protecting his character, if we're in the uh, out of kayfabe and we're protecting mm-hmm. characters and stuff, so I would have Jer- yeah, yeah, I would so that he doesn't lose twice the title match. Now if you do have that, and then in 2026, I'm making this up, you want to say he could never win the big one. And then he does using losing to Hangman, losing to MJF, losing to Punk or whatever it may be. Sure. Okay. But in the here and now, I want someone to cost him the match because obviously I think we can all agree he ain't beating MJF for the title. Hey, yeah, I hope not. Certainly mm-hmm. hope not. And there's, there hasn't been enough build either, you know? Right. I agree. So. Yeah, we'll get that next week. We'll see what that looks like. But uh, look out for old man Jericho poking his head back into bullshit. That he him and Hager him. will be out there doing something stupid. Hager will I be like out there with the hat. hat. He'll like be out there with the hat. hat. He'll do something stupid. Adam Cole will be like, what a dork. And then turn around right and do a nut punch from Jericho. Something. That's what's happening. Now, well, let's talk about something a little bit better. Let's uh, let's liven the room up. Let's liven the chat back up. We got, for no apparent reason, and for fucking, we didn't deserve it, but it was awesome. We got LFI taking on Hook and Jungle Boy, and these motherfuckers said, guess what? We want to bleed. And yeah. they fucking went thick in this match. Uh, huh? Love it. And that brings us to a tweet the table from Brian J. Bay Bay. It actually brings us to two because we should have mentioned this one in the last topic when Brian J. says MJF versus Adam Cole is the right move. Well, you know where we stand on that. But he also said, I don't know about anyone else, but I love that Hook wrestles in boxing shorts. Hashtag tweet the table. Yeah, fucking different, right? He could be. Now, again, not trying to body shame. Not trying to body shame. Not trying to body shame. However, going back to however i'm in a body shame <laughs> well going back to adam cole baby if and i'm not trying to say he was on the wwe diet but whatever his physique looked like in wwe it's not transitioned over to AEW, which is whatever his choice his body like you said oh. maybe you could have done the hook thing and changed the presentation and put on pants like hogan did in wcw or you could have you know, not been in underwear because that's for the big guys like power. Yeah. Like I, I, I said, powerhouse Hobbs, he wears a singlet, but you get what I'm saying. It's for yeah. those kind of guys. You know, um, uh, Boxley, when he was Dean Ambrose, I remember in an interview, uh, oh, yeah. somebody mentioned like the pants. He's like, well, I always envision it like we're fighting, right? Like if we were in a bar fight. I would be like, you want to fight? All right, take your pants off. Yeah. What are you doing? Yeah, right. And, and so, going just touching on that hey adam go if you don't want to maybe change the presentation but anyhow going to this match hook does wrestling boxing shorts i think it's unique because again it's something different for the eye it's not that he looks like everyone else he looks like hook uh but these fucking guys there was blood from preston vance i thought honestly the the two that stuck out were preston vance and hook those motherfuckers, the T-bone suplex through the table where he missed the other table and hit his head. Jesus of Mary, that looked yeah. like it fucking stang. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. I mean, they they definitely went hard in this, and I mean, I'm I, we're still struggling. I feel like to find 
the thing with Hook. I feel like everybody wants Hook to be like this giant thing, but you can't do it until you got the right story. And I don't know if they found that quite yet, but this was it's it's doing good and not stalling out. I mean, something like this helps where you go into a bloody battle in the middle of a Wednesday night. Well, it does help and it gives a momentum. And there is someone coming back who kind of started this whole hook train. And don't be shocked if we get that coming up. I'm just saying, you get CM Punk calling out Hook again, you'll get that Hook momentum right back. Because that's how it all started, right? Send Hook. You know? That's good. I thought you were talking about Dan Housen. (laughs) Well, Dan Housen, he's injured, but... But a yeah. but a CM Punk needs a collision match because we're losing ratings because it's Saturday night's a piece of shit night to compete with UFC and other pay-per-view type events. Yeah. Makes sense to me. Jeffrey Sills says Preston Vance was doing his best Moxley impersonation. And he was. <laughs> yeah, he was. And also, also, as I was kind of doing a little bit of prep work for this, because again, I don't like to, but I do sometimes. This sometimes match was under bored. Yeah, this match was under 10 minutes. We yeah. got a lot of living done in under 10 minutes. Yeah, a they lot of wham, some bam, lives. Thank you, ma'am. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we got a lot of different lives that were lived in under 10 minutes for these four guys. Now, match was only 10 minutes, but it took three years off their life. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, let's talk about, again, I'm kind of going on a roller coaster with everyone here. Let's talk about the bad side of this match. Hook and Jungle Boy win. That's awesome. They look cool. They're young. They're good looking. They're going to be fine. Yeah. But we just came from a pay-per-view that said the four pillars of AEW. And we've got Darby Allen in a tag with Sting again. Mm-hmm. We've got Jungle Boy in a tag. In a tag Hook. match, yeah. We got MJF. I guess with Adam Cole. Yeah. And we don't have Sammy Guevara. So like, man, we're going, we're going, going. And then just fell off a fucking cliff with these four guys. Yeah. It just, to me, again, the pillars thing, this idea that they did this four pillars storyline came a little too late. um, Because when we named them the four pillars, they were much more prominent in what they were doing. Right. And Mm kind of where their positioning was on the card. And since we've done this kind of AWs exploded even further and they've kind of settled back down on the card mm-hmm. now if you're gonna say well they're the future so yeah maybe they'll get there okay but like you would think that you would be grooming them and putting them in better positions at least right there may be some up and down but this feels like i mean to be in a world heavyweight title match a week and ago then be in a tag and then you're in a hook. tag match with yeah and two other guys that i forgot existed mm-hmm. you know what i mean yeah. like it just yeah and so yeah that's the crappy part because again if you go back to wwe for example when rock and triple h were on the come up they were doing uh, ladder matches for the ic championship you know what i mean at SummerSlam, give one of these guys a faction right like well i don't know sammy kind of isn't a faction right he's supposed yeah, to I know, be in... but that's what i mean like one of these guys ought to lead a faction lead a faction i wouldn't hate yeah. Hey guys, I've been pegged as the future. So if you want to get there with me, Let's get follow me to this jungle boys tired of everybody link. fucking talking about, you know what I mean? And he gets pissed and he's like, I'm not a fucking pretty boy. I'm not just an idiot. You know what I mean? Like I'm fucking fuck this jungle boy thing. You guys made me call that. Fuck you, Jack Perry. And Spoiler he's, alert. You know, Spoiler alert. I think that's where we're going 
sooner rather than later with Hook and Jungle Boy. I think Jungle okay. Boy says, fuck this shit. That's where we get the next thing for Hook. And then the next thing for Jungle Boy is I think Jungle Boy's turning on him. But that's just what I think. Uh, let's keep it moving. Uh, so after that amazing match just that we didn't deserve, which was so cool, we get Tony Khan. It. I didn't. I don't know I about mean, you. Yeah. No, I didn't. I'm I fucking didn't great guy over here lately. Lately, 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 very recently. <laughs> I tell you what, there's some very there's some, recently. Yeah. There's been some phone calls, where and, I and not been, for long, and not for long. I mean, yeah. Yeah. there's been some phone calls I've been on recently that I was not a good person and no. said some things that fuck them. United Healthcare, you pieces of shit. Uh, yeah. Anyhow, I might have lost my job today in in a quick response to somebody cutting me off and realized, oh, that guy could fire me. I better not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, better <laughs> yeah. not say that. Anyhow, in, 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 in his on. fairness, he was telling me not to cut him off, and he was cutting me. So I was like, "All right, yeah, fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's keep it going." So Tony Khan in a in a fucking promo where he blinked. I counted it. He blinked more than three times. Good job, yeah, Tony. Right, getting better. Hey, only took him nine minutes, but he got there. <laughs> hey, you know what? You gotta give some credit. Yeah. You know, you can't you can't rip him and an then never give the credit. It's an improvement. It is a step up, right? Increase. So he he announces the main event for the first ever AEW collision in Chicago. And it is Jay White, the Rock is Hard, Juice Robinson, and the fucking king of this shit, Samoa Joe, which why the fuck anyhow, yeah, we'll why? get to yeah. But we'll get to our fallout from this versus CM Punk and FTR. So, Tim, let's now get into that. Jay White, Juice Robinson, Samoa Joe versus CM Punk and FTR. Your thoughts? Uh, My thoughts are in the chat here where how to be a business analyst here says uh, that dude deserved it. And uh, he may or may not have been around (laughs) that meaning probably wanted to say something similar. (laughs) Uh, of his own right um you know may or may not have been hypothetically possibly and by the way if you're wanting to know how to be a business analyst i know a guy you can follow uh these tutorial uh videos uh he said he'd been cutting everybody off uh (laughs) yeah so anyway um this main event announcement man uh this collision feels like we're Heading into WCW Thunder territory with this thing. I'm hoping for a little bit of a sail to avoid the the iceberg, if you will, a little bit of a lean. But it was like we're gonna get this thing on on. We're gonna get a second show. It was like great Saturday nights. Like okay, right? And it was like, and we're gonna do, you know, CM Punk. And I was like, all right, well that'll help maybe. But like I don't really want to watch that guy and then they're like but we might have to have split rosters because some of these guys are still in a legal battle and it was like all right so now what and it's like all right well but but we're gonna announce cm punk and 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 we're just gonna exhibition match with him and ftr against two guys he hasn't been feuding with and samoa joe who he does have history it's just a really weird amalgamation of things that i just didn't i'm not looking forward to any of it now and i thought i would be really looking forward to all of this yeah so Hmm. I'm trying to collect my thoughts to then make sure it makes sense. Cause that's where sometimes I get in trouble on this show is I just say things out of emotion. So I've been trying to work on it. I will say this. 
if we fast forward to the end of the show, 2020 hindsight, it makes no sense, and we'll get to it, but it makes no sense in the main event for the ass boys to help out Jay White and Juice Robinson if not one of them are teaming with Jay White or Juice Robinson in this first ever main event against CM Punk and FTR. Because you can tell me, hey, Bullet Club Gold, they never liked CM Punk. And obviously, they started something with FTR. Remember, they did the fucking punch to the jaw. So there is something Mm -hmm. there between FTR and Juice and Jay White. But if Samoa Joe isn't going to be the one later on in the night that helps them out, why the fuck is he, yeah, why is he here? Them? Yeah, why is he here? And why I would have you just rather gave me CM Punk versus Samoa Joe, but this makes me feel that maybe CM Punk can't can't do I mean, that. Well, yeah. Look, he's not in his 20s, right? He's a middle-aged late 40s going on wrestler that I know the type well, and you know, he's straight edge, but he also has put his yeah. body through a lot of hell with injuries. So it's not as if he's going into this collision match at a hundred percent, even with the time off. Now, the other thing is. So it doesn't make sense that it's Jay White, rock is hard, Juice Robinson and Samoa Joe, but it also doesn't make sense that Samoa Joe is this man on a mission king of television i ain't got friends because i'm the king that's the other thing it's not like a hired gun like what cesaro could have been in wwe no reason to believe he's friends with this bullet club gold bang bang gang whatever they're calling themselves no reason to think that he cares to have to fight ftr like he's got no beef with them uh, right. CM Punk, like, you know, he knows who he is, but like, and knows the battles, but like, what's he, you know, yeah, the character Samoa Joe probably would never turn down an opportunity to beat up CM Punk. I at least get that portion of it. But like, I don't Yeah. I, I think this is, if we're peeking behind the curtain, it's a way to say Samoa Joe, CM Punk, but they both can't necessarily do that on their own so let's put some some window dressing around it and it's going to be ftr and then the bullet club people and so you made something out of nothing i'm not hating the matchup but as i mentioned if you would have had samoa joe help out jay white and juice robinson then i can say okay well now there's something up with the three of them now it's on and now because jay white and juice robinson have beef with FTR. All right, now it makes sense what we're yeah. doing here. Jeffrey Sills there uh in the chat says Juice on Hey EW admitted that he looks like the Geico Caveman. So that that's good. So he's going for that look, I guess. <laughs> good. Great. Way to make that on purpose. Um so uh yeah, <laughs> we got that match, right? <laughs> Why would you admit to that was being... a great decision you made on purpose? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, on purpose. He wanted to do that. That's fucking cool. Way to go, pal. So that's our first uh, main event. We'll obviously talk more collision as more details come about, but let's keep it moving. The next thing we get is Takeshita walking out, taking on old Johnny No Name. He beats him up. But while he's beating him up and beats him in two minutes or whatever it was, Don Callis has someone play on the video screen on a loop, him turning on Kenny Omega, just hitting the head, hitting the head, 
play it again. Hit in the head. The entire time, Takesha's beating up, I don't know, white guy faceless yeah. name. And I thought that was great. So we get that done. And then here comes uh, Don Callis trying to cut a promo. We can't understand a word he fucking says. Takeshita then even tries to take the microphone. He's like, I'm going to say something. I Even if I understood Japanese, I don't know what he said because the boos were so loud. And that's fucking awesome. Yeah. I love the thunderous boos that these two are getting these last couple of weeks. And I... You know, a lot of people have been likening this to to what Dominic in WWE has been getting, but I don't know if you caught uh, they've been piping in booze over there, right? Like these booze that they're getting over here uh, are just this this Don Cow's boo is is people want to rip this guy apart, and I'm loving every second of it. And and you said it before too. You mentioned it to me. You were like, I was like, I don't care about this Takeshi guy, and I really don't care to see heel Takeshi. And you were like with Don Callis as his manager, you do. And you're absolutely right. Suddenly now I want everybody to punch to catch in the face. Yeah. And I think the boos are different in this regard. It's the feeling behind it. I think we boo Dominic now because whoever that first crowd was that did do that reaction. Maybe it was the Puerto Rico crowd. Yeah. It felt like maybe that's it, where it started. It made the Dominic more enjoyable right, to do it. Yeah. But then the next week. So I, Again, I'm not fact checking, but I think it started around that time, right? Where sure, they were that's like, when it was really kicking it up. Yeah. Fuck that guy, mm -hmm. right? But now it became, well, we also want to do what they did. And so now well, we're that's just what I mean. Yeah. Well, it turns, there. it's turned into a thing where like everybody was like, this Dominic stuff sucks. So somebody really booed it. And then the next people did it because they did it. And I think people realized, like, oh, well, we can make this boring segment fun by yeah. booing the shit out of this guy. And now I think if you go over to the other side of the fence with Don Callis, I think we also like to boo him, right? There was a sign in the crowd that said, all my homies hate Don Callis, which is awesome. Yeah. And so like, yeah. <laughs> I think we enjoy that, but I also think we boo him because, Hey, he hurt our, our buddy, our pal, Kenny yep. Omega and wants to take away the elite, which is why we all tuned right. into AEW, right? So yep. there's also some more, uh, validity to why we're booing Don Callis than Dominic. I'm not trying to say one's better than the other. I'm just saying, I think that's the difference between the two. So now after that, we stay backstage and Christian cage walks out of the locker room and he's like, Hey, Arn Anderson, you old piece of shit. Happy father's day. Uh, Brock Anderson got you something. And Luchasaurus beat the fuck out of his son, Brock Anderson. Uh, that's fun. However, is Christian Cage going to wrestle Arn Anderson? Well, yeah. Like, are, are we getting a <laughs> are we getting a father son versus father son here? I guess I don't I don't know what to like. I don't think we're getting that right. Like, Arn Anderson ain't going to do that. And then, so then what? Like, we're not going to get a Christian versus Brock Anderson feud, are we? Like, I don't... God damn it! I it just put two and two together. Oh, what? we're going to get a tag match of Luchasaurus and Christian Cage. Versus Brock Anderson and Wardlow. Oh, because it's Arn is Wardlow's. I forgot Wardlow was yeah. the thing. Arn Anderson yeah. has been helping. That's why he was after Arn Anderson. That yeah. makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he said Arn Anderson cost him the TNT Championship when he bit Luchasaurus' thumb off or whatever it was. So okay, now it makes more sense. And then they beat up Brock, which hey, hey, no, that's fine. I yeah, but I, I encourage that behavior. If somebody messes with you, go beat up their their kids. You know. Hell yeah. You better want <laughs> tell swim trunk to watch out. No, I'm kidding. Um, but it just feels weird 
to me that like Wardlow is going to take again, let's stay in kayfabe for just a moment here. Wardlow is going to take the advice from Arn Anderson because Arn Anderson is a god in this shit, right? So of course. Mm-hmm. But like I don't think it's going to inspire him anymore to fight Christian Cage because he beat up Arn Anderson's son. Like Yeah. You know? And so yeah, like I don't yeah. Go after Wardlow. He is the champion. So that's kind of lame. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, and I just I man, I know, you know, the match, as you mentioned, Wardlow in their match at the pay-per-view had, you know, went all out, right? And oh, yeah. did more than we thought Wardlow was going to give us. But that didn't make me want to start asking us to run this back. The story was god-awful the whole way leading up there. I don't want to see more of it. Yeah, I Wardlow, we've said it, and I'm, I don't want to beat a dead horse here, but you got to change something up, homie. Yeah. But someone who changed something up a little bit and is fucking killing it and actually making me interested in a new hobby, which I'm probably not going to follow through on, but it's still cool. Uh, the next matchup, TBS title match, Chris Statlander, who's doing all this sign language, which is fucking awesome. And I don't even know why, unless she was deaf or has a deaf relative or something. I don't know, but it's fucking something that catches my eye. Took on Anna J, who, Side note, after she got done with uh, the spooky girl from House of Black, doesn't have any more eye problems. Kind of keep some continuity there. I know that you don't need to keep it forever, but let's say, oh, now I'm better. Right? Anyhow, that's splitting hairs. But Chris Statlander versus Anna J. They kick some ass. What did you think? Yeah, I mean, I was excited with the Chris Statlander win and the getting mm-hmm. the title off of Jade Cargill. Mm-hmm. But I didn't slow down to think about what happens next. Well, we know what happens next. And now we know what happens next. What? Well, so as we saw after Chris Statlander oh, oh, won, yeah, 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 yeah. Ty yeah, Valkyrie yeah. is like, I'm upset because I did all the work. Right. So we're going to get that. Yeah, I get it. And that's what I'm saying. But like, I just, yeah, I, and again, we're probably not likely to get a long run out of Chris Statlander here. So in, in hindsight, maybe it doesn't have to be this huge long rain or anything but i don't know that i'm just i'm interested to see where we go here because we haven't built up the chris statlander character at all either right she's been gone for a while and before that was just kind of the alien friend of the of the best friends right so now again for reason for me to care for her to maintain this title i i gotta you know that's where the story is right now we got the first part like you said the evil doer is is you know what i mean staking claims and and that kind of thing so we'll see where it goes from there so i'm i'm intrigued but i'm a little worried if i'm being honest if i would had the pin which where do i have a pin down here i don't but let's just say yeah Yeah. all right man i'm leaning into the alien thing just like luchasaurus is the fucking dinosaur and we're kind of going away from that unfortunately Uh i'm not going away from chris statlander thinks that she's a goddamn alien yeah let's that's, not that say she but <laughs> let's not say she's an actual alien right like we all know she's not an alien but to her she thinks why she beat jade cargill is the mothership gave a signal she showed up at the pay-per-view and took advantage of an opportunity oh and so then, she's a scientologist yeah i mean yeah uh, <laughs> 
Right. That's an alien. alien. Right. right. Yeah. yeah right. An alien. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so yeah. I think that's what we should do is, well, obviously I'm going to win at the pay-per-view. It's been told to me by Marvin, the Martian. I'm making up shit here, but like, and I'm not even saying that, but just like lean into, she thinks she's an alien. Well, obviously I can do a 680 yeah. splash because I did that before I was a human. You know, yeah, like she should call people earthlings. Like yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I like the boob. I think the boob yeah. needs to come back. You could even, let's say that this starts to like make people sour on her, which it could easily do, right? You go a little too hokey now. We don't like it. Oh, of course. Yeah. Make the boop a fucking bad thing, right? So she has her evil henchwomen holding her. Uh, holding the you know baby face they beat her up and then after the baby face is laying there dead she boops him right like so you could still yeah. do the boop as like yeah. the thing yeah right i think the, the boop calling is awesome. card yeah yeah the boop is the best uh but we'll see what happens i but i will say side note the sign language thing they got it this time credits of the fucking truck for paying attention i like that i don't know why i like that but it's just like it's something yeah, it's interesting cool. yeah it is it it's unique cool. yeah very unique and it goes to yeah. a, a it goes to maybe a, a fan that uh has been underserved right there are deaf well there's that fans, so. it also gives uh the company as a whole via the announcers to you know you could open up to like hey by the way we're we're partnering with this charitable donation or bringing awareness mm -hmm. to such and such yeah yeah, yeah definitely i like that that's really cool again diversity and inclusion and being different is always good in my book um all right so then after that the outcast say whoever wins this four-way at rampage it's gonna be brit um gets a title shot and we're gonna beat him the four-way if i remember correctly it's brit baker sky blue and two other women that's what I'm, there's, it's not it's not unless heavy they cause an issue somehow the outcast being they but yeah i don't yeah yeah unless they're doing this match at a uh dynamite and not a pay-per-view but yeah anyhow so that's happening um and then we get to our main event tim it is boom another fucking cool guy and this is again different styles of cool swerve strickland's cool ricky starks is cool but they're not the same kind of cool right yeah they wouldn't be you hanging know? out they wouldn't be hanging out but you would both say like man those are the two fucking coolest guys in Dude, school right cool dudes For right different reasons but ricky starks ha takes on I got abs and that's cool, right? Jay White. I dude, okay. Uh, I'm trying so hard because I know people who like Jay White and I like them. So I'm trying to do the thing where it's like, well, if you like him and I like you, then maybe I'm being a dickhead yeah, with this. Right. Whole maybe I need to look at this a different way, right? And that's very right. big of you. That's very grown up of you. But they fucking non-toxic of you. Yeah, yeah, but, but they, they fucking yeah. suck. God, yeah. it's so yep. bad. Yep. It's it's so Yeah. Jay White looks like the assistant manager of a store who thinks he's like the coolest guy in the room and like, you know what I mean? Like and you just shit talks everybody at the place that he works with, right? And everybody hates him. Right. That's the feel I get from Jay White. To me, it just feels as if he's it feels as if he's doing things that a heel would do, but not that he would do. It doesn't feel authentic. I understand this is theater, right? We're playing characters, but it doesn't feel like he has the ideas of what heels would do to be so, heelish. 
He's just looking at what other things and things have happened in Jay the past White. and saying, like, I'm going to do that. So Jay White is like a middle school assistant principal who is playing the role of a pro wrestling heel in a, uh, in a video that these high schoolers are shooting for a project. Yeah. I mean, it feels like he's a substitute. It feels like he's an understudy for the person who should be playing this role, who has COVID. Yes. He does you know? feel like, yes, the understudy of whatever this character is. He's fake diesel. Yeah. It feels like fake even his yeah, it looks like he has a fake dyed goatee that they painted on his face because the other guy had one, and you got to look like the other guy, right? And his matches are good. I'm not trying. He looks to like say a stunt here. double. Yeah, he's more ripped, but he doesn't look exactly like the actual actor, <laughs> right? Right. Right. Yeah, and, and I'm not saying his matches are bad. He's not great, Kali. Right? He's not Ryback. He's not doing that kind of shit. But I just Jay White the stunt we, double. We got it. We yeah, we have said this for ten years now. Uh, the moves are kind of secondary to us, and so as much as his moves are cool, and he does the sister Abigail, and maybe he did it first. I don't know. It's a neat move, but like, man. So the match ends. Let's just get to the end. So it's fine. Bop, 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 bop. Wrestle, uh, wrestle, FT- wrestle, wrestle. Yeah, FTR's banned. Uh, rock hard is out there playing with the rocks in the rock bed. Um, so they can't come in, but then the ass boys come yeah. out here and they cost Ricky Starks the match. So Tim, mm-hmm. we have second generation NWO members in the bullet club. Is this going to be our, our first ever second generation DX members in the bullet club? I mean, I don't know. I I don't know what this. I yeah, they're probably joining this, and it's going to be a group now. It's Bullet Club Gold, and it's going to be those dudes in with it. They're the can I tell you? Well, but yeah, I don't know. I don't like it. I really don't like it. But can I tell you what I think? Kind of right off the jump. Mm. It's a rare occurrence, so you may want to mark this down. Write it down if you're listening at home. I think the ass boys are cooler than bullet club gold. I think they're going to, but I think they're going to be brought down by this fucking group. Like, I think you're going to see a lot of the instances that we were describing where Jay white is the substitute understudy and the the ass ass boys boys are going to be like, no, 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 we don't do that. That's that's frustrating because the ass boys were doing great. They were on the rise up. Like, I know they didn't, you know what I mean? Like they lost titles and what, and all that jazz, but like, uh, like what, I feel like they, they just, could their have Their characters got, were great. Like they, they could have kept doing that shtick to somebody else on mm-hmm. their own without this, right? They don't need to be the third rung of, of, of a faction here. I don't know. Well, I do think that they could be the AW version of Dominic Mysterio, where we don't like you. A crowd's going to tell you we don't like them. And then, well, okay, guess what? That was fun. And fuck these guys. Because, again, if you look at the ass boys, right, they're the guns. And, again, their real wrestling name, uh, uh, tag team name, the guns, fit in with the rubber band gun club. So the gun stuff makes sense. But, again, they're ass boys. They're ass boys. They are the ass boys. That got them over. So I think this could be 
2.0 of ass boys where we just boo them because i fuck them <laughs> you yeah. know what i mean ass boys ass yeah. boys right over and over again now, they lose their shit yes and now i will challenge any crowd in any uh paying member of the aw audience uh start doing that to jay white Call him an ass boy too. Anyone associated with the ass boys should also get the ass boys uh, chant just because fuck them. They're associated ass boys. Yeah. 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 Fuck them. But that was AEW dynamite. We had a good show. I will say this fun show. Good show. High quality across the board. Uh, Opening match with swerve and orange Cassidy off the charts. That hardcore match with Jungle Boy and Hook versus LFI, incredible, randomly. Um, Didn't move the needle as far as stories, but next week looks like it's going to fucking knock your socks off. Yeah, I would say this one felt like a, I don't want to say filler week, but just kind of like, you know, we didn't get a whole lot of big revelations here. Nothing too crazy went down. We got some storyline progressions here and there. We got a few new things kind of popping up, so I, I didn't hate it. But I also didn't think it was like an A-plus or anything like that. I just thought it was a decent right. week and, and excited for the next one. Yeah, for sure. Uh, well, yeah. Sure. Next week, they've got MJF in action. They got Hung Bucks versus BCC. They've got a uh, world championship match with Tony Storm versus the winner of that four-way. I mean, we've already got things a week in advance that look to be off the charts cool. So I'm excited. Going to be great. Excited yeah, to talk I'm to you excited. guys next week about that shit. Yeah. Uh, and until then, I guess the only way we could really leave this episode uh, is by telling you, uh, cameraman, zoom it. The Spanish announce table.